Listen up, you screwheads. You're listening to the Evil Dead Cast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And this is the Evil Dead Cast, episode 35, and we're sad. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm a little bit sad. <laughs> yeah, because uh, in case you don't know, I, I wonder if most people listening to us know, but we're, we're, we're going to be the bearers of bad news today. Um it's I, I you know, I just went online today to look for news on Ashworth's Evil Dead because I was prepping for the podcast and I don't even do the news, but I was just curious. And when I searched for it, there was an article that had just been published about five minutes earlier. And I think it was the very first one from Hollywood Reporter saying that Ashworth's Evil Dead has been canceled. Boo. Yeah, <laughs> it's official, guys. There's going to be no season four. The show yeah. is done. And even though I thought I was ready for it and I was, you know, pretty much thinking this was going to happen, it, it hit me pretty hard. Like, I'm, I'm really sad. Yeah, I agree. I was like, oh, man, no, this is like the only this. <laughs> I think this is the only show I've ever really gotten this far into. I mean, like, you know, emotionally and yeah. doing the coverage here on the podcast and all that stuff like you guys do with your other shows. So it's, well, it's you did cool. cry when uh, Mr. Spock died in Star Trek 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You said you were never going to tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> now he's announced it to the world. Sorry. Yeah, no, that was the only time I've ever cried in a movie when Spock died. <laughs> well, uh, we're obviously bummed, but we're going to, you know, I'm glad we have two more episodes left here. We're going to going to relish that. And I also want to invite all you guys who are listening, anyone who feels like it to send in your thoughts about the series, what the, what the movies in the series have meant to you, anything else you want to say. And in our final episode next week, we will read those. So you can email to groovy at podcastica.com. You can send a voicemail to that email and we'll play it on the podcast, or you can call us at six, five, zero, four, eight, five dead. Love to have you guys be a part of that final episode with us that's a really good idea jason have everyone yeah. call in and yeah. relate some feelings or memories about evil dead because mm. it's especially sad because of what bruce campbell's been saying you know about how this is probably it for ash and he'll never play him again and stuff and now we're at that moment and that's it yeah this and i and i you know they've been saying that the next episode they had uh it in mind that it could be the last one so it will have it will feel like an ending of sorts, but I'm sure I just have this feeling that, you know, Ash is going to be left in a place that is somewhat unresolved and we're going to have to live with that for the rest of our lives. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I hope I hope not. I hope it's a satisfying ending next week and, yeah. and we can all feel good riding off into the sunset. But well, that's what they promised. They yeah, promised it, it was a good ending. I'm sure it's, I, I feel like it's going to be good, but yeah, I want it to be satisfying. Like you said, Chris, that'd be awesome. 
totally. But you know what, guys? We still have to get through this week's episode. That's right. (laughs) So let's do it. Let's get into it. Attention shoppers. Deadcast Top 3 in 5, 4, All right, it's our Deadcast Top 3 this week. It's Top 3 Highlights for Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3, Episode 9, Judgment Day. And it is Judgment Day, and they've judged that the series will be canceled. But anyway, um, also, this is crazy, but I I just did a Google search of S3E9, you know, Season 3, Episode 9, Judgment Day. And what came up was an episode of the series Cosby, which was the Bill Cosby series that came out after his most popular one, the Cosby show. There was another show called Cosby in the late nineties and the ninth episode of the third season of that show was also called judgment day. Whoa. (laughs) That's weird, man. That's weird. Really weird. Foreshadowing. I mean, there's, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I thought it was crazy enough that it was worth mentioning. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you guys think of this second to last episode of the series? I thought it was awesome. (laughs) This episode played like a movie, man. It was cool. Yeah. I uh, had, um, let's see, what did it have? It had a lot of action. There was plenty of blood. We got, and then the, my favorite was we got some throwback to the original movies and and the ending. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love monster movies. I love monster movies. So what they left us with at the end with that giant whatever coming out of the ground has got cool. me totally giddy with anticipation for the last episode. And Ash's response was perfect. What did he say? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean they are fucked i mean i don't know if i've ever seen a situation on this show where it feels like they're more fucked because the dark ones have the book all together there's deadites all over the town and this big giant monster is right in front of ash he doesn't have his chainsaw with him totally you know what else too i also liked uh how the episode started out serious with uh you know the the poor uh what was her name zoe the poor lady Yep, was being tortured, and then it, and then uh, a few minutes later, it gets a little more serious with Pablo explaining what's going on, and then when the dark ones showed up, you know, the shit got real serious for the whole town. I thought that was pretty good progression. I agree with you guys. I think it was really, really great. And uh, right after that opening bit, there sort of the it just they just put the pedal down, and this episode was fast moving and action packed, and. It never really let up once uh, Ash left his house there at the beginning. So I, I think I think it was great. They did a great job of making it feel like the whole world was ending. And I could feel the panic in the town as people were running around and stuff like that. And so I, I thought that was really great. And there was some stuff in this episode that instantly became some of my favorite scenes in the whole show, I think. And we'll oh, get cool. into that. Wow. Right? That's good because last week you were saying you didn't really like the episode as much, but you're like, I feel like I'm going to like next week's. And it turns out you were right. Yeah, Yeah, totally right. (laughs) They really, really turned it around on this one for me. Well, what's your number three, Chris? My number three, well, it's, I mean, this could be my three, two, and one, but it was Brandy's fight with the evil in the shed. This Mm -hmm. was basically one of my favorite things that I've ever seen on, uh, on the show. And it wasn't just in the shed. It started in the house, right? When it's chasing her through the house and it's very classic Evil Dead. I loved every second of it. Um, and it just, 
it was so loud, fast, and intense, and fun, and I thought it was just fantastic. So uh, once once they get into the shed or the garage, uh, you know, the, the little phone monster was really entertaining, and I thought Ariel Carver O'Neill was fantastic. She this yeah. this I think was her like crowning achievement on the show so far. She was she's always been really good, but here, you know, the the looks on her face when she's about to cut off her arm and <laughs> run the run the monster over with the the plow thing and she goes, "Tell it to the plow." And who's laughing now? She just looks <laughs> totally insane. And uh just everything about it I thought was was so great. Um and you guys, you know, you mentioned what Ash says at the end of the episode. She says the same thing here when she realizes that the the shotgun is on the ground outside the yeah. shed. She mm. looks out and goes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I didn't even think of that until you guys mentioned it, but it's so good. It's like a father-daughter thing, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, like father, so like good. The whole, the whole thing was, was amazing. And I could watch that scene over and over again. It's just so fun. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you say that because when I was watching it, I was like, oh, no, somebody's going to think this is foolish and silly and too kitsch. But I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is why we fell in love with these show, this show and the movies in the first place. Totally, totally. It's It feels like old Walking Dead. I'm Walking Dead. Sorry. Old Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, in the house, it started to get tense. And what what Evil Dead has always done well is ash and in this case brandy they're in a place and nothing um visually is happening necessarily maybe a little rattling but the what they do with the sound design it starts rattling and you hear and and like this just in nondescript tension building sounds and then the actor is getting more and more nervous and you just feel this sense of dread because the evil's near but it's not shown up yet and and that's just so signature to evil dead it's that's one of the things that makes evil dead totally unique is Mm -hmm. that style and the way they do that and when you think about it they really have to rely on their actors for this because you don't see the evil you only see their uh reaction reactions but it's really effective it's really effective and that's what i mean the actors do a really really good job Mm -hmm. and the camera work too well, totally. The but camera they, work is part yeah. of the style, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, if you didn't have Bruce Campbell able to make all those faces and <laughs> all the <laughs> sounds he makes, and I think Ariel Carver O'Neill is just as good at it. She proved that in, in this whole scene, I think. Um, it's But it's one of those things, like I said, that makes Evil Dead unique. And I she, thought so, too. They just did so well here. Yeah. yeah I wonder if uh, Bruce was, like, coaching her. Well, she just watched a lot of tape. When I interviewed her, she said that she and Bruce had worked together on some like mannerisms or something that made it feel like she was his daughter. And I, I didn't really pick up on that so much before now, but in this episode, there were a few like that. Yeah. So it was, it was my, I mean, it was my favorite scene of the episode, favorite almost of, probably of the whole season. So just, just so good. Hmm. Um, and uh yeah the the little cell phone monster i thought that was a fun way to sort of use modern technology you know how it can pretend like uh, brandy's dead mother was calling her and then it bites her thumb off and uh <laughs> yeah, she right, has to throw it down to press on the screen now wait a minute so 
I was confused because and I'm so I feel so stupid right now. But when it attacked her, the little it was like a little puppet almost, right? But that was just her phone at yeah. the end. Okay, it was it was like the phone was possessed. Yeah, it, it had kind of mutated into a little like doll almost. Yeah, it yeah. grew legs okay. and, uh, and hands. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and when she before she throws it away, right? It's it was one of the funny little gags. I thought she goes to. To hit it, or hit her hand on whatever the, the something in the shed there, and oh, she just yeah, ends up hurting press. herself. It was oh the drill press, yeah. I just thought it was a fun little gag, <laughs> and it still sounded like her mom, like a deadite mom, but it was in the cell phone because it yeah. was about her mom calling her. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. All right, Rich. Oh, that same. That was my number three too. But like Chris said, it could be number one for mm-hmm. all I for all I care. I mean, it's it's uh. It was it was part nostalgia, you know, part comic relief, but it was all fun. It was awesome. I got a kick out of Brandy's mom talking shit as the possessed phone. That made me laugh. And then and then when her, her thumb got bitten off, and I, I totally perked up, and I was like, "Oh no, she's gonna have to cut her hand off just like her dad." And then she was about yeah. to, but it was just a daydream, and I was like, "No!" I actually wanted that to happen. I wanted to see her get like a <laughs> stand next to dad with her left hand missing and some sort of gadget on her left hand there. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't just have her do it. I was thinking maybe they wanted to give us that old school experience, but then just maybe not repeat themselves. That's kind yeah. of what I thought. And I even in that scene thought to myself, oh, they're doing this again. But then, nope, they didn't. And I, I sort of appreciated that it was a little bit of a sort of a it's callback like a reference, a, a nod to it without actually doing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Javens has some classic lines from the movie, too. Like, uh, what did she say? She said, oh, Chris said, yeah, who's laughing now? And then she also said, come get some. (laughs) (laughs) That was cool. I wonder if the showrunners, though, aren't hinting something here, you know, like, well, I guess not if it got canceled, huh? But I was thinking maybe they were grooming Brandy to take over for Ash. I think you might be totally right. If this was, obviously, this was all written and stuff before the show was canceled. So, you know, it occurred to me, too, if... If the show continued and Bruce Campbell wasn't a part of it or Ash dies or something, here's Brandy to step into the role. And yeah. I think she would have been great. Yeah, because I'm I'm glad they didn't try to make her a total Ash clone where she's a doofus and a buffoon, you know, but she still does have some of his characteristics, which is great. So I think that would have actually been really interesting to watch. Yeah. A couple of side notes. You're talking about sound earlier, Jason. I have a I have a pretty gnarly surround sound system, and this scene where the phone's running around the room, and you got all the squeaky noises and all the clangs and the clacks is it's uh, us all uh, recorded in surround sound, so you can hear it going around your room if you've got it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, this goes right into my number three, which is the nods to the past. Like I feel like there were a lot of nods to previous aspects of the series and. To me, that made the episode feel kind of significant. Like, ooh, it feels like they're wrapping things up here. You know, that's what they do yeah. in movies or in TV shows when they're when it's coming close to the end. And I know they've talked about how they tried to treat this as if it could be the end, just in case it was. But things like when uh, Ash is just upset and he's all about people who've died. Christ, first Linda, then Cheryl, Chet, Pop, then Pablo. Yeah. I'm not dead. You yeah. were <laughs> Brandy, then yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, my daughter too. Come on, enough is enough. I'm going to find a, a ruby and put a stop to this once and for all, they all say, which is another, I mean, that's kind of a nod to they're teasing him because he always says once and for all, which I didn't yeah. even realize until they did that. And I'm like, yeah, he does say that a lot. <laughs> uh, what else? Like deer heads over fireplaces. That's another one that comes up a lot. The yeah. the, the whole thing with Brandy, she's got the boomstick and you know you guys have already talked out that scene but that all felt like a, a really awesome throwback and even down to yeah the mom saying on the phone messages brandy it's mom i don't know what's happening i know you're scared honey but i just wanted to tell you i just wanted you to know that you taste good because <laughs> <laughs> she ate his thumb or her yeah. thumb that's funny classic that oh, i scared fucking me a little bit there <laughs> i'm gonna do the rest of the pot like this richard <laughs> no you're a teacher oh no, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you know what they did too they also wrecked the car i was sad about that did they wreck oh, it? I mean, yeah, that that was another one that I was going to say as a throwback, and it seemed like it could have been wrecked. Yeah, and his and his chainsaw. Right. That's a, the the car is a is an interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. I'd made a note here of what was the point of Ash crashing into the bar, but I think the point was wrecking the Destroy car. Actually, yeah. they're yeah. they're they're taking all these things away from yeah. Ash. Yeah, Man. interesting. And then um, he mentioned that. This is a smaller one. Those were two big ones that I was going to mention, but the smaller one is he just mentioned last time he had a deal with Ruby, he he didn't get jack shit out of it. So that's just a call back to his own fault when he asked for $10,000 and she said she would give him gas money and he's like, okay. <laughs> See, that one reminded me of, uh, well, it was an army of darkness, right? When he said, you're the only thing you're king of is Jack and shit and Jack left town. Oh, there yeah, you go. That's right. Yeah. Right. And there's a, yeah. there's a few others too. Um, he called Ruby sugar lips, which kind of reminded me of give me some sugar baby. Yeah. Uh, Brandy rich. You already said she used the come get some line. And then yeah. Ash said, take the gum out of your ears again. So That's there right. was all kinds of like verbal callbacks, even uh-huh. to lines and stuff like that. And, uh, Here's one that I liked. Pablo just out of the blue kind of said the time has come to test the medal of man, which is yep. the title of the finale medal of man. But yeah. it's also what trailer park deadite Vivian said to Ash in the first episode when she Whoa. turned it and we're here and it's time to test the medal of man. And really? so that was a really nice, just full circle kind of thing. Like this is what this is all led to whatever's going to happen wow. next episode was what started back then when stupid Ash read from the book because he was trying to impress this girl in his trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't make that connection. That's what an idiot. <laughs> no, I didn't either. That is a really good one. They, they go all the way back to the yeah. beginning, but here's, and then the last thing is I, I, I this should have occurred to me last week, but I've always loved when the deadites say, well, swallow your soul, we'll swallow your soul. But I never really understood what it meant. But I think maybe I do now that now that we know that when the evil kills you, your soul goes into this rift dimension and then it may get dragged down into hell. So maybe that's what they mean by yeah. we'll swallow your soul. Look at that. Yeah. I think you might be onto something <laughs> nice and tidy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two, my number two, uh, I'll, kind of combine a couple into one here um i i enjoyed the cold open quite a bit it was super gory and watching them peel that flap of skin off of zoe's back was 
just another time on this show where I had to kind of squint a little bit and look away yeah. because yeah. I can't I don't even... enjoy watching anyone get flayed necessarily. No, good I God. I don't watch. It really was. It was hard to watch. Uh, getting her eyes poked out equally hard to watch. Um, but uh, the other thing that, that happened, I think, was this before the credits? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it was near the beginning is when, when um, Pablo was seeing through the book's eyes which I thought was kind of an interesting little turn here that he, he could do this. I thought it was a bit strange at first that they suddenly introduced this ability. Um, but I do think it was well used because it's sort of the book was showing Pablo where Kelly's body was and it revealed to them like how to save her in a way, you know, because yeah. they realized that, that, um, her body was occupied and they needed to go and get her body back so she can come yeah. out of the, out of the rift. Uh, so I thought it was used kind of in a neat way to do that. And then later in the episode, when Ash tries to use the book, sort of like a, like a walkie talkie to communicate with Pablo, that was just funny. And Pablo, was, can you, can you hear me? Come in over, over. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's just Ash being Ash doing something ridiculous, but also kind of clever, I thought, you know, because he yeah. needed to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, and that's also sor sort of a callback because I just think it was really significant. The whole thing that happened with Pablo at the end of season one when he got melded with the book, it's never left him. And now right. I, I feel like it's that in combination with him getting these brujo powers that's allowing him to do this sort of telepathy or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. It's just fun, though. I think, I think seeing through the eyes of the book is it's something that never occurred to me that they would ever ever that would ever come up and here we are you know it was, it was a good device if sometimes you forget that what we know the characters don't know you know right. you have to fill them in somehow yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly I, I i laughed out loud at that part when ash did that come in over i just burst out <laughs> laughing yeah he's like was... a giant eighth grader <laughs> <laughs> he really is that, that was the funniest bit of the episode for me in an episode that otherwise i didn't think was all that no funny. not too so. much a couple of laughed things. a lot too when he was driving his car to get uh kelly's body he was psyching himself out in the car with beer and chips i was like yeah, yeah we like... share so many parallels that guy <laughs> Well, when he um, he uh, was telling uh, Brandy, "Here's the boomstick. Now you be careful. It's got a it's got a kick like a mule." He just comes off when he's talking to her now, more like no hint of any goofiness, just a, a hero, a father, you know, all this. And he brings her in for the hug, and then she throws up on him, and he goes, "Oh no, that's okay." But he's grimacing the whole time. Yeah. yeah, but the first thing he does is he puts his hand in it and touches it. I'm like, what are you doing? If someone pukes on me, I'm like, oh, don't let it any more get on me. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, number two. Oh, uh, number two, I put the dark ones. So I kind of like, I kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, they're they're here. They're like super powerful. They're scary. And, uh, you know, they had an agenda, man. They only had one thing on their mind to get that book. It seems they should have taken out Ash pretty easily after what they did to, to Kaya and Ruby. I mean, Ash has been fighting Ruby for three seasons and has had a hard time of it. And the Dark Ones made it look easy getting rid of Ruby and Kaya. Yeah. So I was like, dang, man. 
they, you know, the shit got real real quick. Yeah, it was interesting that when Ruby is yelling at them, she's like, uh, go ahead, take me soon. You will suffer the same fate. The savior of humanity will destroy you all. And I think she's talking about Ash. So that was like a real a twist there where all of a sudden she's like just warning them about Ash. Yeah, uh, it was just really interesting to me. They knew he was in the room when he took the book. They said, oh, the, uh, you know, the chosen one the prof- has taken the book. Yeah. But what, uh, yeah, the, I mean, I, I fucking love the dark ones that first of all, they look like the animated versions of them did way back in season one, episode two, when they went to that occult bookstore and the guy was mm-hmm. telling them about the dark, telling us all about it. But, uh, even, you know, they're now fully realizing they're just, they're otherworldly voices and they're like demon shadows with their red robes blowing in the wind. But and they just yeah. seem so powerful. But yeah, like Ruby's supposed to be a dark one, and she's the one who trapped them all, and so she's one of their kind. But then that makes me feel like she should have like a true form or something because she just seems a lot weaker than them here, you know. And yeah. is that because she spent a lot of time in our world, or because they've gotten stronger by being in the the other world, or is it just something we should not worry yeah. about? I'm not <laughs> sure. But the second time I watched it, you know they. They took Kaya's soul out of Kelly's body, put it in her original body, and then killed her, burned right. her. But when they took Ruby, they just sucked her soul into one of the dark ones. And so, I don't, you know, I don't think they killed her. I think maybe she's gone back into the evil the dimension or whatever you call it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was wondering that, too. Like, is that it for Ruby? Because it felt right. a little anticlimactic. She just, they just sort of, they showed up, yeah. they killed her, and that's it. And <laughs> I'll be surprised if she doesn't play a part in the final episode next week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a part of me that kind of hopes it is for some reason. I, I do wonder if the series had gone on. Was was it Lucy Lawless's plan to end now? You're probably right. She'll probably be back. But um, I don't know. Ruby as a villain. I love Lucy Lawless, but it just seems to um, because she just looks like this woman it feels less threatening than if it was some other more grotesque deadite like mm. evil, you know? Yeah. And you can't, and if the show was going on, you can't have the same villain over and over and over again. Yeah. For, yeah. That's how I, I mean, feel. I guess you can, you can in some, in some ways, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if it would work forever here. Um, but, but I think you make a good point, Rich, that they killed Kaya. They burned her up. But they just sort of sucked Ruby in, so she might still be around. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So my number two is the grodiness. And you already mentioned, like, just watching them carve a rectangle out of Zoe's back is and then peel it off is pretty gross. And even um, Brandy getting her thumb uh, bitten off, it reminded me a little bit more of the 2013 Evil Dead reboot, where a lot of this just destruction of body parts happened. Mm. Um, I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, oh, there was one part. <laughs> Zoe is trying to get away the Knights of Sumeria girl and she grabs the door handle and it comes off and then some tendrils came and I, I couldn't yeah. tell if that was her veins or was it coming out of the doorknob or I don't know what that was either. I made a note about it. I was going to ask, what was that snaky thing? No, I'm not clear either. It was, it was a quick thing and then it was gone. So yeah. maybe yeah. she was hallucinating because she lost a lot of blood. I don't know. Yeah. And then <laughs> later we have uh, Frank at the bar tearing his own like cheek off. And 
I, I always think that's effective in a horror movie when you know someone is doing something really nasty, but they're facing the other way. So you can't tell. And you're, you're like, not sure you really want them to turn around like yeah. they're eating a baby <laughs> or something, you know, oh. <laughs> what's he doing? <laughs> and then just the last thing is, uh, this isn't that gross, but it, it fit in here. So Ash runs over to deadites, bam, hits him on the way back into town. And he goes, those were deadites. And I'm like, how do you know? Yeah. It's just like sacks of exploding blood for all year. Maybe it was the color of the fluid coming out of their bodies. Did you notice he had a beer in his left hand when he was driving and hitting those? He always does. He does. He had at least two or three beers in the car in this episode. Yeah. It's a good thing the show wasn't more popular. It would glorify drunken driving. I know. Oh, it would probably be more controversial against like, or or with some certain... <laughs> groups, groups out there, I yeah. would think. Say, Luckily, yeah. they don't know it exists. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that part where uh, they carved up Zoe was—it really was hard to watch. But it, you know, honestly, it was kind of morbidly cool to see how Ruby makes pages for the Necronomicon. <laughs> it was—it yeah. was like a real life. It was like a life hack, literally. <laughs> Need some paper? Cut off a section of your back. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not the carving that really got to me. It's the peeling of the skin mm. that gets to me. That's what I find the grossest. Yeah. And then she's moving around and falling on it. It's like, ouch. Yeah, that's ah. right. <laughs> Slipping and sliding in pools of blood as she's at the door. So gross. Poor thing. Yeah, those Knights of Sumeria, they... They kind of got the short end of the stick in this whole deal. They they did. They took it hard, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. All right, Chris, number one. Okay, my number one, uh, I think this is massive, actually. And it's it's it starts with Ruby destroying the chainsaw because this is huge, right? A hero, in my opinion, almost never, ever loses their signature weapon or item. Because right. the hero is defined by this thing, you know. You can you can cite examples all through the history of film and TV of of like the one thing that kind of defines your hero, and it's not always a weapon, but with Ash, it's pretty much the chainsaw. And I think by taking that chainsaw away and actually destroying it, in a way, you're destroying Ash a little bit because. It's 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 just so important to him. And when when Ruby is crushing it, you can just see him on the floor. He's totally powerless. If you listen to the way he's he's like screaming and begging her not to destroy it, it's like she's physically hurting him by by bending that blade and stuff like that. So yeah, I think you know they they're about in that scene and destroying that chainsaw. I think Ruby and Kelly were about to kill Ash, and the only thing that saved him was the dark ones showing up and they got distracted by them. So yeah, it's, I just think it's such a huge, huge deal that they actually physically destroyed the chainsaw. And when I was thinking about it, I thought, okay, well, this is Ash, you know, he's a bit of a special case because he's the rare hero that has two signature weapons. He still has the boomstick, but <laughs> you know what? He doesn't have the boomstick it's because Brandy nope, yeah. left it on the ground outside the stupid garage. So we've got Ash with no chainsaw, with no boomstick, and about to face this giant monster, the likes of which he's never faced before. So I don't know, man. It makes me worried for Ash. And uh, I think by stripping him of all these things, 
they might be setting us up for something that we may not be ready for. Yeah. Well, you know, after the first time I watched it, uh, I was laughing actually at Ash because he's like, no, no, crying, you know, and then she's like bending the blade all sexy and everything. Not the blade. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the second time I watched it, yeah, I picked up on the same thing you're talking about. I was like, no, no, no. That's his. But then. You know, at the end, they show the giant whatever coming out of the hole. So it's like, honestly, what good is a chainsaw going to do against that? (laughs) But but that's the beauty of it, right? He has a chainsaw and he can use it like nobody else. And just when you think there's nothing he can do, he he finds a way. Uh, But he doesn't have it now, you know, and Mm. and it's it's actually destroyed. You know, even when heroes lose their weapons, they always find their way back to them somehow. Right. But. It's yeah. gone. He'd have to replace it, and I don't think you can. Yeah, and you, you, we'll never know now. Yeah, I see your point. Well, I mean, we'll that's, never know. this is the point of this. That's why it's so effective, because right. it's, it's his thing. <laughs> it's his yeah. thing. And it's I like, like it. They, I mean, I think it's cool. He can get another one, but it's it's still important. I Yeah, I think it's it's really important, and if they're... I don't know. What if Ash dies next week and and it, and and Bruce Campbell wasn't really screwing around when he said this might be the end for Ash. Right. Yeah. And and seeing things like this kind of makes me think, "Oh my god, maybe they're going to do that." And yeah. that's freaking me out a little bit. They've taken everything away from him. That's I bet right. you a beer he's still alive by the end of it. Oh, you're pe- people are going to owe you a bunch of beers soon. <laughs> 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 alive but where maybe not yeah, this time yeah look i don't really deep down think that ash will actually die but it's stuff like this that at least has me questioning it yeah and which is good i'm which is good what absolutely yeah i'm, yeah. I'm really pumped to watch to watch the final episode because i i just feel like i have to know what happens now. yeah and by the way everybody we had early access to all these episodes except we don't for the final one which sucks so that means that uh we're probably going to be late next week hopefully just a couple of days but we'll have to see just so you and know we- we made the rule at the beginning that we wouldn't watch ahead so that we would just be reacting to one episode at a time. And I, yeah, I stuck to the rule the whole time, but now if, if that episode was up there, I might've sneaked. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely watch it as soon as we were done recording tonight. I oh, totally. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> now we got to wait. <laughs> I did too. I stuck to that rule. And yeah. Me it too. works. It works. The only time I watched ahead was when I wasn't on the podcast and then I watched ahead. <laughs> Uh, rich you're the only one who's been on i think you've been on every episode of evil dead cast right oh except maybe the interviews some of the interviews yeah Yeah. oh that's true yeah i did do a couple of the interviews because i had to work (laughs) what is it with four o'clock in the afternoon damn (laughs) yeah i don't know all right (laughs) what's uh your number one rich oh my number one was the final moment could a show end any better? I think not. <laughs> you know, the bait of Ash battling a giant, whatever that thing is, is abs- it's absolutely exactly what I, I've written myself. I mean, it was awesome. Consider me hooked, man. I don't, I don't normally admit this in public, but I will here and now. I think Godzilla, King Kong, and Pacific Rim were awesome movies. <laughs> I love monster movies. So for me, this final episode cannot get here soon enough. This soon enough. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. There's something different too. If you think about it, totally. I mean, Ruby 
and Kaya are out. See ya, bitches. And Ash is moving on to bigger and better evil. Seriously. I like how you've called it the the giant whatever like three times now on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I did, yeah. All we know is that it has a hand. <laughs> it has a hand as big as a car. That's right. It looked, I mean, did it look sort of like a spidery kind of thing with big legs? I got to watch it again. I didn't again. see any legs. Well, I, I got to assume, guys, like it's hand. the thing on that poster for season three where it's this big, massive jaw with giant teeth in it, and Ash is kind of straddling the jaw. I think he's pointing the shotgun straight down into it, but he doesn't have the shotgun. Mm. So I think it's that thing, but we just haven't seen it yet fully. All right. Well, we've covered everything pretty much in my notes uh, and and everything. So I just want to ask you guys, what do you have any predictions for next week? I think Ruby will make an appearance, but I think it's just going to be a curtain call, so to speak. Okay. Right now, uh, what's interesting to me is Ash and Pablo, they their only goal was to go and save Kelly. They really had no uh thought or any goal to defeat the dark ones and it doesn't seem like they would have any hope of doing that. I'm sure I'm I'm pretty sure they will, but it didn't seem like they had any hope. And I was also thinking through all the struggle of this whole series right now their worst nightmares are being realized the the creators of the book of the dead have come through up until now we've just had this sort of tool and that's caused enough trouble but now we actually have the creators of the tool and they're the ones who created it in order to take over the world and now they're here and they've reassembled it and everything it's like man they're they're really screwed the only the only thing i can say for them especially pablo and kelly is throughout the course of of the series they have um developed strength and abilities that will help them in this fight. And even Ash has probably gotten a little stronger and a little more able. Yeah. But that's what makes it so good. They've got the prophesized one. <laughs> <laughs> like, anybody... you know what I can't figure out is what Brandy's final role is going to be. Is she going to save Ash? Is she going to stand triumphant with Ash next to her father? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Brandy. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, if I had to make a prediction, it's uh, a pretty safe one: is that they're going to save Kelly, and I think Kelly and Pablo will. I feel like they're a hundred percent going to survive. Um, Brandy too. I'm I'm a little less sure about Ash just because of everything I was talking about before, but really, I think everyone's going to live through. Um, and uh, we'll probably get a pretty satisfying conclusion with the hint of maybe everything's not quite wrapped up as as well as it uh, yeah. might they might think. Yeah, like you there might that, still that be some evil in the world, huh? There's always going to be evil in the world, Rich. So <laughs> I mean, based on what Bruce was talking about in that panel, I feel like it's going to feel wrapped up, and then so, then it's all about like fighting robots in the future or something crazy you know it's completely <laughs> different you know what that would be that would be great if we <laughs> flash cool. forward or something and there's yeah. there's robots or aliens or whatever <laughs> they kind of already yeah. figured out pablo huh because he was even questioning it himself it's like why didn't they kill me yeah, he was no. saying uh, that they, you know, one foot in both worlds. They think I'm one of them. 
And I'm mm. like, well, what about that deadite in the cellar or, you know, in the hardware store that didn't seem to affect her. But this episode, for some reason, the dark ones ignore him. Well, yeah. I think there's a difference between deadites and the dark ones, right? The deadites are just the the troops that go and attack whatever. The the dark ones, they know really what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> They're detached. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. It, it, to me, <laughs> it, it reminded me of uh, the the Nazgul, you know, the yeah. dark riders. Oh, yeah. A little That's bit. Right, right, yeah. right. right. <laughs> One last thing. You know what? I was thinking about it. And I think if you wanted to take over the world, uh, putting evil into people's cell phones would work like a charm. <laughs> well, there's a Stephen King book about that called Cell, where everyone one day everyone's cell phone rings and whoever answers it, they just go fucking nuts and turn into these rabid killers. Whoa, seriously? It's pretty cool, wow. yeah. Wasn't the first... Um Kingsman movie a little bit about that too. Did you guys see that? I never did get around to watching that. No, oh I my god, it's it's great. But there's a, there's sort of that theme is in there too. You didn't see mm. that, Rich? I thought you would have seen that. Yeah, I want to watch. It. I ha- actually I have it. I just haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. All right, good. I'm yeah, good. I'm good. All right, cool. We'll take a little break. There is more to come, so stay with us. All right. Well, everybody, we have already talked about the biggest news about Evil Dead this week. Of course, that is that Stars has officially canceled the show, which is a huge bummer. Boo! But, yeah, boo, <laughs> Stars. Suck it, Stars. <laughs> no, I'm just also kidding. thank you, news. Stars, for putting this show on because it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and you know what, guys? The the silver lining is we got three seasons of yeah. an amazing show <laughs> that we got to sit here and talk about and right. celebrate. So it was that's pretty good. Um, but Stars didn't offer an official reason for the cancellation. Uh, in fact, they barely made a statement about it, but head of programming Carmi Zlotnik did say, we are proud to send the show out with a bang and a splat. So that's, you know, that's okay, I guess. Uh, but Bruce Campbell, you know, put out a, a brief statement. He said, Ash versus Evil Dead has been the ride of a lifetime. Ash Williams was the role of a lifetime. It was an honor to reunite with Evil Dead partners Rob Tappert and Sam Raimi to give our tireless fans another taste of the outrageous horror comedy they demanded. I will always be grateful to Stars for the opportunity to revisit the franchise that launched our careers. So that's oh, pretty nice, nice of him, I think. Very nice. Sounds yeah. like he's sad. It, it does a little bit. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure he is a little sad. Yeah. You know, This is an end of an era for yeah. nobody more than him. Yeah, and when you know when I did that little interview with him, and he was saying, you know, maybe uh, this kind of niche uh, adult horror is just not big enough, or I forgot exactly what he said, but I think he's probably my sense is he's like, oh yeah, there's a lot of Evil Dead fans. They've been just asking for this. This is going to be huge, and then it wasn't huge, and he was like, 
oh man, maybe I was just wrong about this whole thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not as big yeah. as I thought it was. And I don't know, you know, maybe that's true. Who knows? What if this had been on ABC? Would it have gotten this huge following? Or not ABC because they wouldn't air it, but AMC. I don't or, know. Yeah. I want to know why the viewership has gone down. That's what pisses me off. Right. It's like it's gotten better, but the viewership has gone down. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a curious thing, really. I mean, we we all know stars is kind of notoriously difficult to get, right? But there are there are ways if you really want to, I suppose. But you're right. You'd think the it would at least hold steady because the fans that are watching it are really the fans that want to yeah. see how it goes, right? It's it's strange to think that people watch it a little bit and then just drop off and disappear. Yeah, we can always blame Netflix. Yeah, blame Netflix for everything. Netflix's fault somehow. Yeah bastards well, but i hope asher's <laughs> evil dead shows up or continues on netflix that'd be cool yeah totally that way we can watch it anytime we want uh in slightly more exciting news the apparently evil dead is going to have a theatrical re-release on october 26th this year uh there's not a lot of information out there about this but digitalspy.com is reporting that it will be re-released in theaters with um, really no more information other than that. And the only thing I can think of is that this year is the 35th anniversary of the original uh, movie's release and the 25th anniversary of Army of Darkness. So maybe they're planning some sort of theatrical celebration hmm. for that. Did they say oh, no, which movies? Cool. Uh, just the, the original one, I okay. believe. Dude, Rich, let's go watch it. I never saw that in the theater. Yeah, me either. Let's watch well, it together. I'll I'll be there totally. for sure, yeah, if it's playing somewhere yeah. near me, I hope. That'll be really, really fun. Um, but but really, there's that's it. So I don't know how solid this is, but keep, mm -hmm. uh, keep an eye open for it as we get through the summer and into the fall. Hopefully more information will come out. Cool. Uh, okay, Bruce Campbell uh, did an interview, and he gave some advice on how to become a B-movie icon <laughs> 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 for anybody out there. Uh, with with Ash going away, maybe we're going to need some new B-movie icons in our life. He was on the IMDb show, and he offered these tips. Uh, first of all, learn. You're going to be covered in blood. That's... Uh, he, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give away the, the, the secret here. He... Each, um, each one spells out the word legend. So for L, it's learn. You're going to be covered in blood. Uh. E... You're going to want to eat everything on the craft services table because <laughs> low budget movies are really cheap and the lunches usually blow. <laughs> G as in get ready to scream. I recommend using the diaphragm. Mm -hmm. E. What do you think? Evil. Oh, I gave it away. <laughs> oh, no. E for evil. You have to learn how to deal with it. You have to cut its head off. You have to dismember it. And we have to say the special words. N. Never lose your cool. As a hero, which I've played often, you can't ever lose your cool because then you wouldn't be a hero, would you? He loses finally, his cool sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and All finally, the D. The final word is D, as in don't forget to watch Ash vs. Evil Dead on Stars Sundays at 9. <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be be a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Keep your dick in your pants. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's how to be a legend, according to yeah. Bruce Campbell. So if anyone it. wants to do that, go for it. <laughs> uh, all right. Dana DiLorenzo has won an award, everybody. That's very exciting. 
the Ooh, was it from you uh, well she <laughs> wins the award of my heart every week but uh <laughs> she won the oh, the artemis women in action film festival has bestowed dana with the artemis action next wave award and uh apparently that's very very cool so Dana said on Twitter, out of all the blood-soaked, badass, groovy moments I've been lucky enough to experience thanks to Ash vs. Evil Dead, being honored with a woman or a Women in Action Award by Artemis Picks is definitely at the top. So this is a um, this is actually a film festival that runs in Los Angeles that celebrates women in like action movies and roles and very powerful roles and so on. So they've mm. they've acknowledged Dana as uh, Kelly, which is pretty cool. Right on, man. Yeah, if you're interested, the film festival is in L.A. from April 26th to the 29th, so that's coming up pretty soon. Congrats. Yeah. And then finally, uh, this is this is a bit of a stretch for Evil Dead news, I would say, but the director of the 2013 remake, Fede Alvarez, is going to be the director of the next chapter in the... Um, uh, dragon tattoo movies. It's called The Girl in the Spider's Web. And I just bring that up because I think he did a great job with the Evil Dead remake, which starred a very strong female main character. Yeah. And that kind of reminded me of Lisbeth Salander in these movies. And now he's directing this one. So maybe it'll be really great. And if you're a fan of his, I'd say keep your eyes open for that. I, I never saw those movies. Should I watch The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Um, yeah, I quite liked all three of them, to be honest with you. The original Swedish ones, uh, I enjoyed the American remake too, but something about it didn't quite hit me as, as much, but the books were good and the movies were good. So I recommend them. Cool. No, I like that. I think that movie, that 2013 movie had a lot going for it. And so, yeah, I'd like to find out what he's doing next. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's it for the news. All right, let's get into some listener feedback. Rich, you want to go first? All right, Steve Brown. So this is about last week's episode, as always, where what happened? Ash went into the rift and Pablo fought the deadite in the hardware store. Yeah, yeah. rifting apart, right? Mm -hmm. Steve Brown uh, writes in, I liked it. I think Pablo can only open the rift uh, where that writing on the walls or with the book, maybe. I try not to pick apart the continuity. Loved the Delta. It does seem strange that Ash took the wrong body out of the truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, seem I forgot to me to, at all. No, but I forgot <laughs> to talk about that last week. And it is, they really kind of effed that up because it's clear which side her body is on. And then yeah. he takes, he takes that body, but then it's the wrong one. So I know, I noticed that too. And, um, you could maybe chalk it up to deadite trickery, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> deadite trickery. Maybe he had too many beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say deadite trickery. Uh, Thomas Chapman writes, as soon as they passed the work counter, I saw the paint mixer and I thought, he needs to put her head in that. <laughs> and, then, and when he did, I exclaimed a very loud, fuck yeah, I love this show. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's hilarious it's a little it violent a certain kind of guy thomas to think like that yeah. 
<laughs> Love it. Uh, Paul Williams says, I really enjoyed the episode. Have to say, I wasn't loving this season up until the halfway point, but the last couple have gotten me interested again. The Rift definitely feels a little Stranger Things inspired, but it definitely fits within the established universe, so I'm okay with it. Well, I'm glad that Paul is on board finally, but uh, it's too bad it took half the season for that to happen. Yeah, and then right when it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Bucket writes, uh, three, two, two and a half. Oof! <laughs> I'm still chuckling a week later. This show is just superb. It's a huge shame and sadly no surprise that it's been canceled. Oh, he knew. But I'm so glad this show existed at all. It's shown me things I'd never even imagined in the grooviest possible way. Here's to it all ending with a bang, followed by a splatter. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> so we have an email here, Megan from Nashville. And Megan writes, my name is Megan. First time writing in, but long time listener. From episode one, actually. I'm a huge fan of the show, but I wanted to write in about how sad I am about the ratings drops of late. I know it's possible this might be the last season, and as long as they end it well, I think I'll be okay. But I'm really kind of sad that they only go uh, by the live views. I don't actually have a stars, the Stars channel through my cable network. I have a subscription through Amazon. Even though it shows up the day of, I typically don't get to watch it until the next day. I wish they took that into consideration because I'm sure a lot of viewers do the same. I really hope they move to a streaming service or something. Honestly. I don't watch anything live anymore, so I don't think any show should make as big a deal about views like that. But I know it's all about the commercials and such, thus why we get 40 minutes of Walking Dead and 20 minutes of commercials on AMC. I stopped watching it live because of that. Also, I know you guys have mentioned it before, but I really think binging has spoiled us. Most people don't like watching things week to week anymore, so they'll wait and accumulate a couple of episodes and knock them out that way. Anyways, just some thoughts for you. If we lose the show, that means we lose the podcast too, and that makes me ever so, ever more sad. But you guys cover all my favorites, so I know you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on all points, Megan. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure that they they do factor in all those different things because there are ratings for live and then live plus three and plus seven, which is plus three days and plus seven days. And streaming services, and I know Stars does have a streaming service, doesn't it? Or do they not? Yeah, they I do. Know. Yeah. In fact, the episode oh, the app. comes out, I think, Sunday morning on their app. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, there are ways to get it, and I'm sure they're factoring all those things in. But as a trend, when you're looking at, you know, the live ratings, they're certainly, uh, they certainly are going down. So, yeah, I know. You know. I mean, I'm sure that. They factor in any way that when people watch it, it brings them money, whether that's, well, it's all pay services. So, you know, whether it's streaming or what, but uh, it just wasn't enough with all that. Yeah. They'd have to see an uptick in the uh, subscriptions, huh? Yeah. They don't do advertisements. I mean, right. even yeah, because they they sold it over to Netflix, and I don't know if they get more money if it gets more watches on Netflix. I kind of think maybe not, but the way Bruce was talking is they just they wouldn't want to hand it over to Netflix. They need it to be successful on their own platform for it to yeah. go keep going. Do you, do you guys think that there's any chance that now that it's officially canceled, like someone else 
could pick it up and and continue it like i think netflix has done that before haven't they they've they've taken a show that uh that maybe wasn't successful somewhere and did another season of it yeah I'm trying to think of they what have that was. Uh, black mirror it's possible uh, oh yeah of course the black killing mirror. but i think that the rights probably are uh, that stars probably has the legal rights i don't know that for sure but I have a feeling that's true so that they would have to be in agreement for that to happen. I wonder, mm. I mean, this kind Maybe of thing not, you would yeah. think you would think that Sam Raimi owns a, at least a good portion of it. Bruce Campbell himself. I, I don't know. The only reason why I think that is because Bruce was saying, well, stars wouldn't, it would be an ego thing for them to like, give it over to somebody else to, um, oh. so they wouldn't want to do that. So that made me think that they had some control over it. Right. Mm. Maybe they gained some control when yeah. they agreed to do the show or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or we'd have to wait 20 years and then have them reboot it. <laughs> when Ash, that's, that's when right. Bruce Campbell's 80. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> like they're doing with all these other shows. Hey, if anybody can still kick ass when he's 80, Bruce <laughs> Campbell. Gonna be Bruce Campbell. I'm going to get you, evil <laughs> bastards. <laughs> all right. Now it's time for next week on Ash vs. Evil Dead. Next episode, The Medal of Man. Elk Grove undergoes a major battle that takes place on the streets. Ash rides high in a military tank, speeding across shaky post-apocalyptic Elk Grove. Ash fights the biggest battle of them all, a 60-foot-tall Kandarian demon. This sounds way too spoilery. I don't want to know all this. (laughs) I know, (laughs) post-apocalyptic. It sounds awesome, though. Well, it does sound awesome, yes, but I don't think I needed to know that he's (laughs) driving a tank across post-apocalyptic Elk Grove. Right. And Maybe I should time passed post-apocalyptic yeah. Elk Grove. What if it was okay. like Ash pilots Voltron with <laughs> Pablo as the right leg and Kelly as the left. <laughs> and gets help from King Kong. <laughs> Before Optimus Prime shows up. <laughs> you know? All right, that's our show, episode 35. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I just want to mention that uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm seriously thinking about checking out Stand Against Evil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's getting some good reviews. It's written by Dana Gold. He's a stand-up comedian. He's, ri- he's written for The Simpsons, and he said he likes to write the Treehouse of Horror Halloween specials the best. <laughs> and... Uh, They've renewed it for season three on IFC. And I see the ratings are just as low as Ash vs. Evil Dead. They're about 175000 per episode. It's a niche. I've watched a couple of episodes. It is pretty good. Is it? Yeah. I wanna, okay. I really like the main uh, the main actor. Yeah, me too. He was the guy from Strub, Scrubs, the dickhead <laughs> doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it, this is as funny to you guys, but Strubs is a brand of pickles up here. I don't know if you have them in the States. <laughs> I don't think so. Have you seen uh, this show, Chris, Stand Against Evil? No, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen any of it. I'm but watch it. I might give it a chance, yeah. All right, we're going to end up, we're going to be podcasting about that going forward. <laughs> uh, so, last chance, everybody, to get your feedback in. Like I said at the top of the show, we'd love to hear, you know, just your thoughts and feelings about the series in general or whatever you want to say. So, if you want to call us, you can reach us at 650 485 DEAD. That's 650 485 3323. You can email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. 
And as always, please check out the other shows on the Podcastica network since now you need a new show to watch. You can go to podcastica.com. You will find my Walking Dead podcast there. We'll be covering Fear the Walking Dead. And you can also find Chris's Walking Dead podcast and also Fear the Walking Dead at talkingdeadpodcast.com. And uh, probably everyone listening to this knows, but every year, the, the way Chris and I actually first got to know each other is every year after The Walking Dead wraps up, our two podcasts get together and we do a two-part crossover just kind of wrapping up the season. This year it's going to be a little later since Fear started up right away, but once the mid-season finale of Fear is over, we'll do our wrap-up crossover for The Walking Dead Season 8. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. It's always a good time. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. And tune in next week, kids, when we end this podcast once and for all. Fuck.